new drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Terry, when you leave the station a segment before the show ends and you go to Ball Arena, are you going to be walking out of there tonight with the Avs as the Stanley Cup champs? You're just putting me right on the spot, right off. I'm going to say no. I, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning will show the pride of a two-time defending champion and pull out tonight's game, and it will go at least six. With that, time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Terry, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. Before this series started, my concern with this matchup was The Lightning do a great job of blocking shots, especially with their size when the Avs are in the offensive zone. Avs do a great job of blocking shots, too. However, the Lightning are also very good at giving the Avs very little space, which is what they did in the first period of the previous game. They do a great job of clogging up the neutral zone, which is what they did in the first period of the last game. They're one of the best forechecking teams in hockey, which is what they did brilliantly in the last game. Do you expect the first period to look like the last game? Yes, I do, but I think the, the lighting will stay in the game and will, and also be able to continue that throughout the game. The, the bad ice hurts them, too, in a sense. I understand the analogy of baseball and uh, making, it, making it tougher, but I do think the, the, the lighting will be able to maintain that through this through the game. And I also believe some of this has been overstated because I I've heard some talk about the lightning as if they're uh, a bunch of statues operating at glacial speed out there. They have speed. They're quick. They also get, they also can play that way. And I think they will tonight and we'll see a very speedy game. I remember seeing the regular season game in Denver and walking out of there that night saying these two matches would make a great Stanley cup final. And I kind of hope it, it it's another game like that, whether it's overtime or a close game. And I think it would be, it would make for great entertainment. And I always root for entertainment. I root for good stories. I root for the people I'm around and like. And so I'm not necessarily rooting for one team or the other. I would like to see it be a great game. And I would like to see this series go seven games. And I know you've already belittled that, that point to, uh, to considerable excess. So uh, I'm setting myself up. Well, I've used this analogy before. If you take a couple of drops of water and put it on a two by four, that wood is not going to break. But after you keep going drop after drop after drop, eventually that wood becomes tender and it becomes vulnerable and eventually it breaks. It sounds like water torture to me. Well, I well, not waterboarding. It could be water torture. I, I, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this, but my point is, I think the Rangers are a fast team. I think that the Maple Leafs are a fast team. And like you, I've watched a lot of playoff hockey. I think that the Avs' speed will eventually wear them down. Because honestly, 
looking at game four, the only way I can explain how the Avs found a way to get their footing and create space and dominate would, overtime and dominate overtime was by wearing out Tampa. I don't disagree and, with that. And I just, with the, with the ice conditions being better for the Avs. Okay. It's good. It's good for the lightning too. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, with a fast team, specifically in the first five, ten minutes before the ice starts to wear down. And I think that's one – I believe that's a reason why the Avs dominated overtime. The ice conditions were good. By the 17th minute of the second period, third period, it's going to slow down. It will mm -hmm. become more slushy. But I do believe after watching this series, the Avs are considerably faster, and they have that ability just to wear you out. And I think we might see an absolute clone of what we saw in the last game. But, the, but the, the the Lightning could have won the last game, too. Very well could have won that last game. And I oh, realize no doubt. That, I realize they're on the road now, and that changes the dynamic. Sure. The ice conditions are different. But they uh, I saw nothing the other night in Tampa that rules out yeah, the rules out the Lightning getting back in the series. Oh, I would agree. I would absolutely agree with you. But the difference is, in overtime, it, it was... It was a whitewashing. Well, here's the other question. Is Darcy Camper going to play another game like that? I don't know if I can feel confident that that will happen. Well, think about this. And a lot of people who are listening and watching know the numbers. And I'll let you say it. So I don't have to say it. <laughs> How good is Vasilevsky in elimination games? He's He never loses. Just never loses. What is He has like almost all of them are shutouts? Yes. Well, he's going to have to do three in a row then. Uh, he might be able to. That would be, might. but that'd be a great story too. You know, there was a minor development today. Andre Burakovsky went off and uh, on the ice during the morning skate, and he may be a possibility to play tonight in the lexicon of Jared Bednar. He's a possibility, which probably means he's going to play. And Nico Stern would likely be out of the lineup if that happens. Well, that means um, you have another shot blocker on the ice because <laughs> Burakovsky. I mean, he's been nothing more than a punching bag for pucks. Don't yes, you think? he has. That's yeah. why he was out was because of a likely hand or finger problem. But as the game went on, talking about game four, Tampa, they were outplayed pretty much over the last period and a half, if not the final two periods. They were outplayed. They really didn't get a lot of they, – they didn't have a lot of great scoring chances is the best way to put it. And by the time overtime hit, what, they have three shots on goal? Yeah. None of them really threatened. In the old time, there were four. Right. So, as this game continues to go on, and with the ice conditions being better because it's not humid outside and you're not going to be playing in slush, advantage abs right there. And you can make the case they will wear out Tampa faster. I mean, do you buy into the argument? And I think it's fair if you do. And I think it's fair if a lot of people do. The Lightning over the last two seasons, two full seasons, if that's what you want to call it, last two seasons, they've played a ton of hockey. Yeah, they they are an older team. But they didn't play 80 games in those two years either, 82 games in those two seasons either. But they did play into July. Yes, they did. They've played a lot of hockey. And the Avs are younger. I don't want to necessarily say they are fresher, but I will say they are faster. And... It would not surprise me if we see an absolute repeat of what we saw in game four. I'm not suggesting the outcome will be the same, 
But when you were watching the first two, three minutes of the overtime in game four, did you really think the Lightning really had much of a chance? Yeah, I did, because that's the way overtime is. You can get dominated. You can get absolutely dominated for a specific period of the overtime and then crank right. it up or even get a lucky bounce or or get a or make a great superlative individual play. So, no, I didn't think that was that was not directing me in the, in the direction of the Lightning having no chance. I understand there can be a fluke goal. I get that. A knuckle puck, a soft goal. I get that. Or you can That's have Chris stuff. Drury jump into your lineup. Right. <laughs> there, there are a lot of different things that can happen where you have a fluke goal, a greasy goal, whatever you want to call it. But Tampa was barely in the av zone to even have chances. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Yeah. But, I, but I also would not rule out the possibility of those things happening right. in the team that is getting dominated, getting a fluky goal or a dirty goal right. or a grungy yeah. goal or however you want to put it, and win the game. I made this prediction about three months ago. And Danny, back me up on this unless you want to call me a liar, which is okay because it wouldn't be the first time. Go ahead, Danny. Go that. ahead. About three months ago when I was doing the show with Andrew, what did I say was going to happen if the Avs win the cup and Landis God gets it first? That he would hand it right to Eric Johnson. What do you think, Terry? I think they have discussed it, you know, with the, uh, Campbell, the Campbell Trophy for the Western Conference Championship. They went through kind of the quick discussion, and Joe Sackick told him, do what you want to do. And he right. go ahead and touch the damn thing. Right. And so I think that, but here are the president, of course, these guys know about it. They were very, very young or not born in the case of Bo Byram. They understand the history. They understand kind of the uh, transcendent lore about the franchise with Joe Sackick making the handoff to Ray Bork. And so that would be following the tradition of, of a franchise. They get that. I know that. I think Gabe Landeskog should and will take the first lap himself. He's, he's a captain. He's got the second longest tenure yeah. Eric Johnson on the team. Eric Johnson, of course, played at St. Louis also. So, but I, I think he should and would make, make the traditional first lap himself. I think he should too, for everything that you just laid out, but let's be careful saying the avalanche have a tradition of doing this because it's happened once. Yeah. But it's still, you know, it's still a, it's still a much discussed element of the franchise's past. When you think of Joe Sackick and Ray Bork, and you think of the 2001 championship, I'm telling you, that's what most people bring up first. Right. And I right. can tell, and I can tell you the story of how that happened. I did it. How did it happen? I did the, uh, in-depth omnibus interview with Joe Sackett for Mile High Sports Magazine. And Eric, there's still about a, several thousand copies of it sitting out here in the lobby. Uh, and I, we talked about that. And he, he said that they had won the 96 Cup, and he raised it first and took the traditional lap. And if he hadn't done that, he probably would not have, have decided to hand it to Ray Bork and acknowledge his, his 22 years in the league and everything else. And so that was, that was part of that history, part of that lore. And he went up to Ray Bork when they were flying. They, they were down 3-2 to two in the series, and they were flying back from New Jersey after tying it up 3-3 three, three in a game in which Patrick Hoa was heroic and kept them in the game when they were being dominated. And he approached Ray Bork about it, and Ray Bork waved him off and said, no, 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 I'm not going to talk about that. And so right. they, they did not talk it through. They did not think it through. It was just done. And so I, I think it'll be a similar – I sure – I'm sure Gabe Landeskog has thought about it and even heard the suggestions. Uh, I, but I know he probably hasn't quote made a decision on what he's going to do. 
Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the NBA draft last night. Our guy, Ryan Blackburn, of course, he does a terrific job covering the Nuggets for Mile High Sports. He will give his thoughts on how the Nuggets did last night and did they inch any closer to the top teams in the Western Conference. That's next. For you, I guess you moved on really easily You found a new girl and it only took a couple weeks Remember when you said that you wanted to give me the world Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry Presented by Silter Har Mazda A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield At Silter Har Mazda Find them at sthmazda.com Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Siltahar Mazda. They've got a lot of inventory for you. What does that mean? Prices are going to be a little bit lower. You got to love that right now couple of rides you definitely need to take for a test drive the mazda cx5 or the mazda cx30 and let me tell you about that cx30 it's a small crossover suv all-wheel drive leather trim seats great power and with gas prices being just outrageous 32 miles to the gallon on the highway how many suvs go 32 miles to the gallon on the highway take one for a test drive today you're going to love working with siltahar mazda of course Owned by Siltahar, a family business for over 60 years serving our community. Buying there, it is stress-free. It is hassle-free. That's the way it should be. Go to Broomfield today for a test drive or check them out at sthmazda.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today. At 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in Ryan Blackburn. He's a guy who just joined the staff. And, man, he has been busy pumping out articles for MileHighSports.com. Of course, he covers the Nuggets. How are you, Ryan? Eric, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's been a busy couple of days, that's for sure. How much sleep right. did you get? I got about four hours or so. That's uh, slacker. Kind of how it goes, right? Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. You know, when cracking the whip, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, the way I refer to the draft for anybody who covers the draft intently, <laughs> the draft is Christmas. So now that Christmas is over and you've opened your three presents, which are three draft picks, how do you feel about them? Yeah, I think if you're if you're comparing this to Christmas gifts, this is probably a book. Uh, this is probably a, a gift card to an, an iTunes gift card back in the day. Maybe a maybe a nice train set or something like that. But but probably not the the new PlayStation. Probably not the the tickets to Hawaii or anything like that. Uh, Denver, I think they they had a couple things on the table that they were looking to do. And ultimately, some of those things fell through, and they decided to stick at the stick at twenty one, stick at thirty, and draft two players in the first round. And and if you're listening to Calvin Booth, they got the two players that they wanted. They they liked Christian Brown, uh, the Kansas wing, who's six foot seven and and very strong defensively. And they drafted Peyton Watson, who's a a young 
uh, freshman from UCLA, six foot eight, seven one wingspan, uh, really strong defensive potential guy. Uh, not a good offensive player right now, and, and I think was probably a reach uh, by most admission. But if you're looking for uh, a, a guy who can help now, you got Christian Brown. If you're looking for a guy that could potentially elevate the defense at a later date, Peyton Watson's your guy. I think Watson was a pair of socks. He might be. I think there's there's absolutely potential for that, and I, I had Peyton Watson ranked at 55 on my draft board. He wasn't a guy that I had on my radar, and perhaps I should have. He came into Denver for a workout. Uh, they liked what they heard from him, and they also liked what they saw from him earlier in the season when he was playing a little bit more for UCLA. Uh, he was buried on their depth chart behind a bunch of returning players, and they had the title aspirations after their deep run last year. And I'm, I'm not really surprised that they've gone this direction with a guy like him, but it does sort of feel like this was uh, not the best pick if you're trying to win a championship next year. Let's talk about Christian Brown has championship pedigree. He's, he's a relatively athletic guy. You talked about defense with him. The thing about draft picks though, with Michael Malone is he really doesn't like to play him. <laughs> he doesn't really like to play rookies. So how are either of the, listen, we know that the guy that we just talked about, the kid from UCLA, Peyton Watson, he's not going to see the floor probably at all this year. He's probably ticketed to the G league, but with Christian Braun, what do you look at his upside to be? I keep hearing, you know, he's not going to be a Tyler Harrow, but he could be, um, who, who is that kid with the Lakers? Uh, not Russo. What was his name? Now with the bulls, uh, Caruso. 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 So people are comparing him talking about Brown to Caruso. And on a side note, I always find it interesting. You never compare a white player to a back black player and a black player to a white player. Do you ever? Have you well, ever seen that? There, there are some cultural things there. Like I think Nikola Jokic was compared to a whole bunch of white centers like Vladimir right. Divac. And when, when right. he probably should have been compared to freaking Will Chamberlain. Um, well, well that, so that's a bit, uh, Terry, you can speak on that. That's a bit of a stretch. Will Chamberlain, oh, they're, they're different players, completely very different players. No, oh, I'm talking just, just offensively dominant. Of course, I'm not, I'm, I'm spitballing yeah. here, but, uh, yeah, what you're, what you're getting with Brown, I do actually think he's a player that Michael Malone will love to have around. He will want to play him. He'll want to give him opportunities because Brown's the kind of guy that he, he uh, Calvin Booth said last night that he just does stuff. He's a rebounder. He's a passer. He's a defender. He makes hustle plays. He'll hit the clutch shot when he's in the, the pressure cooker. He's a guy that is a classic Michael Malone pick. He's yep. going to be helpful. And I do think that this gives Denver a little bit of insurance just in case they can't get the right guy on the wing in free agency. Because if you do have Christian Brown, he's one of those guys that you can throw out there as opposed to an Austin Rivers, as opposed to a Davon Reed who could have been helpful in a playoff series against a team like Golden State. Denver didn't have enough of those guys, enough of those capable players, and I, I do think Brown is capable for sure. Kamigate is going to stay at least a year in Paris. How long do you think he? How long do you think it will, will take before he comes over and is potentially productive? It's a good question. I, I think he's ready to come over now. Uh, I do think that because he was already in Paris, because it does seem like he, he could use another year of seasoning that Denver decided that they wanted to go that, that draft and stash route. But I, I like him. Ismael Kamigate, he is a name to remember. 
He's been compared to Clint Capella as, as a type of player that wow. was drafted a little bit low back in 2014, but could potentially be a, a really solid rim runner, rim protector, and an athletic defender that, that every team is looking for at the backup five or even the starting five. I also would compare him to Robert Williams, somebody that we saw play in the finals this year. Robert Williams, very impactful piece. So he's a good lottery ticket to have. I've, honestly, I ranked him way higher than Peyton Watson on my board. So if you wow. just flip-flop those guys in the draft, then that's, that's a reasonable draft. <laughs> I want to get back to Braun, and we're talking with Ryan Blackburn. Of course, he covers the Nuggets for Mile High Sports. Is it fair to say that, that Brown was maybe the third best player on Kansas? Maybe? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of people that really like McCormick and what he did. Right. Obviously, Okayak Baji, right. uh, Big 12 Player of the Year. Like I think everybody nationally would say that uh, Akbaji was the best player on that team and then the most important player for the championship run. I've been doing some film, though, and, and, and what you see from Christian Brown is very pro-centric. He's a connector. He's a jack-of-all-trades yep. type. He yep. doesn't have weaknesses. He's going to put in the effort plays, but when you throw him into any situation, I think he can be impactful in a lot of different ways. And whether it's as a shooter, as a passer, as a defender, he's going to find ways to contribute on the floor. And that's the kind of game that he showed at Kansas. It's the kind of game that he's going to need to show at the NBA level. And and Terry, if you allow me to ask the next thing, it was kind of a two-part thing. This is why I brought up Brown being maybe the third, maybe the fourth best player on the team. Because when I look at this guy and the way he plays and he does everything well, he's not great in anything, but he he does a lot of things well. I think in order to win a title, I look at a Brown, just like I look at different players, don't get me wrong. I look at a Robert Ori. Robert Ori was not a star. But I look at a Robert Ori and say, he's the type of guy you want on your team to win a championship. He's, he's that type of guy. He's not a superstar. He's not going to be first in shots, second in shots, third in shots. We know who the shooters are going to be on this team when healthy. I think Brown knows he is going to be a role player. And I think he could be a very solid role player for this team. I know that a lot of people wanted uh, Jovich, right? The, the kid out of you know, everybody, every, you know, you have Nikola Jovic and Nikola Jokic. I know everybody wanted Jovic and because of his shooting, I just don't see where a guy like Jovic truly fits in. I think Brown fits in better to what the Nuggets roster currently has. Oh, a hundred percent. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I, I heard a number a couple of days ago that there are 500 players, 510 players in the NBA, only a hundred of them average 10 shots per game or more. You're going to be in the NBA. You have to know how to do the role player things. You have to know how to be impactful without getting shots up in order to survive. And Brown is somebody who I think can do that. I think he's somebody who, like you said, he knows his role. He's right. going to come in, find ways to contribute immediately. And that's what you need from a seventh man, an eighth man, a ninth man, whatever his role ends up being kind of down the line here. It doesn't have to be as a starter. It would be great if he developed into a starter. But that's not necessary in order to win a title. If Brown comes in and is that contributor, who 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 does he affect? Whose time is he involved with? Yeah, I, we're we're still going to see some things shake out here. I do think that Denver's not done with their calls, and they're going to try to solidify their starting shooting guard position. I think that Barton is still probably on the block here. Uh, I think that if you're 
if you're looking at the backup wing position, Bones is going to be the star. He's going to be the backup point guard in all likelihood. Uh, perhaps Monte will be. And then you're looking at Austin Rivers. You're looking at Davon Reed. You're looking at Bryn Forbes. All three of those guys are free agents. I think that Denver's going to bring back Davon Reed. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't bring back Austin Rivers, despite the fact that he was a good fit. He might not be the right player for what Denver needs if they sign somebody else in free agency. Though I do think that Denver would want them back in theory. Uh, but Bryn Forbes, I would say, probably not going to be back. Davon Reed, probably going to be back, but those guys will probably be competing for minutes next year. One more thing before we cut you loose. Looking at this draft, have the Nuggets closed the gap on the Suns, the Warriors, and maybe the Memphis Grizzlies? Because of this draft, I know they're not done. I'm talking about we're sitting here right now. Have they closed the gap at all? No. I would say that the the hard lift, the heavy lifting is going to come in free agency, it's going to come on the trade market. It was one of the reasons why I was surprised that they drafted two players because they they don't have a lot of draft picks for Manny. They don't have a lot of trade capital to really throw around there and make themselves a better team in the now. I would be a little bit worried uh, because I, I do think that it's going to get harder for Denver to get better as the more time that goes along. But I do think that we, we have to give Calvin Booth the benefit of the doubt here. Perhaps he has a plan that's a little bit different from what I'm foreseeing. And I do think that if he gets a guy at the starting wing and maybe a backup guard, backup wing spot in free agency, then this roster could still look radically different. Ryan, thanks for your time. Get some sleep this weekend, my friend. Thanks for having me thanks, on, guys. Ryan. Appreciate it. Coming up after the break, many would argue the Stanley Cup is the greatest trophy in team sports. But when you look at all sports, okay, you got the Stanley Cup. Would you rather have a Stanley Cup? Would you rather have, I don't know, a master's jacket? Would you like a Heisman Trophy? Pro Football Hall of Fame jacket? Claire Jug? If you could pick one, what would you want the most? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Every Friday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with Ty, Cal, Cade, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. So let's talk some gambling. Uh, the Avs are heavy favorites to win this game tonight. I think it might be their largest spread, period. With that, who are you taking, Terry? I am going to take Tampa Bay on the money line to win the game. Wow. 
You are you are really all in on. You picked Tampa, by the way, to win the last three games. Yeah, I've been I've that? been right several times over the course of the of the playoffs. You have when when wait, well, like, wait I don't know once or twice when the well, Abs uh, went to Edmonton. What did about you tell me was going to happen? Something about a squirrel. <laughs> right, you were right about game one. I will absolutely give you that. You were definitely right about game one or game one in Tampa that they did win. Uh, with that, the over under is six. I will take the over in this one. What do you got? Well, I think the really scary thing is if one team gets behind, they're going to pull the goaltender late and then uh, like with four minutes left. That uh, I mean, if it's if it's the if it's right. the lighting, the lighting will pull the goaltender and it could give up several empty netters. Right. I would agree. Guys, what do you think? Now, many would argue the Stanley Cup is the greatest trophy in team sports. Hard to argue that. But when you look at all sports, whether it's a team sport, individual sport, let's look at what you get for winning or receiving an honor. We know what the Stanley Cup means. You get your name engraved on the cup. Permanently masters. You get a green jacket, claret jug. You get to keep it for one year and it's a fantastic drinking vessel. You get that. If you win the British open, or as they say, the open Heisman trophy, you get to keep that pro football hall of fame jacket. You get to keep that. Would you want one of those or something else? If you could only pick one. Well, the strength of the Stanley cup is that your name goes on it and is on it for perpetuity. Right. Uh, that's the argument there. Um, but it's one cup. I, I, I combine, I have to combine the Outland Trophy with the Heisman Trophy because the Heisman is for the best quarterback or skill position. The Outland, the Outland's for the, the best interior line. I know, that's what I'm saying. Line. I'm saying yeah. the Heisman Trophy is only for quarterbacks or skill positions. Right. I would combine it with the Outland Trophy and say, yeah. depending on what position I was, I would want one of those. Then you're the best in college football, and there's also a team component. You can you wouldn't be so selfish because you have to have team success to win the Heisman or the Outland. So I'm taking the Heisman or the Outland as the two top performers by position in college football. Well, I'm giving you the Heisman for your pick. I would take a Hall of Fame jacket because A, it's at a higher level, and B, I can sleep in it, I can wear it around <laughs> the house, I can go to King Supers with it, I can do whatever I want with it. I get having your name engraved to the Stanley Cup, but you don't get to keep it. The Masters jacket, you keep it, but you can only wear it at Augusta. Clara Jug, yeah, you get to keep it for a full year, but you don't get a chance to keep it permanently. But you said you get a drink out of it. You can do whatever you want with it. You could turn it into a flower pot if you want to. But I would want something that I get to keep for the rest of my life and have it wherever I want to. The Heisman Trophy... Honestly, you can make the case the Heisman Trophy has been cursed for decades, generally speaking. When you win it, it doesn't necessarily translate into success in the NFL. Yeah, and there's been some very sad examples. Too many to count. So to me, at the highest level is the Pro Football Hall of Fame because you don't get anything for being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You don't get anything for being in the Naismith Hall of Fame, which is all basketball. You don't get anything for being in Cooperstown. But with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you get a jacket, and you can wear that stinking thing wherever you want to. But you get Danny prestige Wo for those other ones, though. That's true. But I can wear that jacket around town if I want to. And I don't have to wear it in one spot like Augusta, Georgia. Although, 
by having that jacket, you get to go to the winner's dinner every single year. And you get and that called, is kind of cool. And you What's get up? called and you get called Hall of Famer for the rest of your life. If you go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the financial benefits are too many to count. Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, you get some benefits when you sign autographs. Heisman Trophy winner. But at the end of the day, what has it done for a lot of guys who have won the Heisman Trophy? Car commercials. Not a lot. <laughs> Say it again. Car commercials. Right. Danny, if you could pick anything, what would it be? Um, I think I would go Heisman. I don't really care about the not, uh, not good luck, maybe, that a lot of the guys who have won it have had. I think it's an elite class of people to be associated with, and it's cool that you get to have that forever. What about Wimbledon, French Open? Anything like that mean anything to you? Or for Team the women, sports I... are more important to me than individual. But you just said, wait, but you just said you take a Heisman. Yeah, it's an individual award, but for a team sport. Oh, well, Pro Football Hall of Fame, a jacket is an individual award for essentially playing a team sport, too. It's just a jacket. Anybody can go buy a gold jacket. Yeah, but the difference is, is the difference is it's mobile. The Heisman Trophy you're not going to carry around with you. Well, I would I would probably get a lot more muscular if I did though. I'd carry I'd I'd carry the Heisman Trophy around. You put you it on would? your shoulder like a boombox. Danny could take it into the bar. Yeah, absolutely. A conversation a, starter. A boombox. What decade are you living in? <laughs> I was born in the 90s, and I wish I could go back sometimes. I still have my 8-track player. What do you have, Eric? I am not surprised, Terry, and I wouldn't be bragging about that. Oh, yeah. All that stuff's coming back. Look at the great vinyl revolution now. I, I have a, I've, a, I've had a record player in my house for decades, literally decades, to go with a mirror ball and strobe light so my entire basement is a disco room. Trust me, I know. I probably have about 250 albums. Name three groups that you like, and I'd be willing to bet I have one of those albums. The Who? Oh, yeah. Grand Funk Railroad? Yes. Brewer and Shipley? No. You no, so I've, I've got two of the three. I have a Who's Next and a couple of old, old ones. But my collection is very eclectic, where I have Billie Holiday, The Who, Led Zeppelin, The Stones, um... The Carpenters. The, the Carpenters. Soundtrack, the soundtrack from Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, the original Green concept Day. album or, or uh, the Broadway soundtrack? Say it again. The original concept album or the movie or the Broadway? The Broadway. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay? Did, yeah, did that's I pass fine. the that's spell fine. test? Yeah, that's fine. No. Well, I, pre I appreciate you um, confirming that uh, it's okay with you. It's okay so with th me. Thank you. Well, now I feel good about myself. How about Les Miserables? Dan you have that? Les Miserables? No, I don't. But to me, that the music in that musical is breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, when it comes to funny musicals... And your hair I stands on end at certain points. Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah. I mean, if, when it comes to funny musical comedies... I will go with Book of Mormon, Hairspray, the producers. But when it comes to just pure music, I'd go with Les Miserables. Some other people would go with Phantom, right? Right. Yeah. All right, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Uh, fun fact, one of the few plays that I've actually seen is Les Miserables, and that was, uh, that was a pretty cool one. I saw it with my grandma a couple years ago in San Francisco. So um, I've, I'm cultured. 
Who knew? Uh, coming yes. up, coming drunk up on cultured. Just, You're drunk up. culture. You don't have strap. Exactly. Coming up on just in case you missed it, uh, Rockies had a little bit of a down series in Miami. They are headed to Minnesota, hoping to get things right. We'll talk about that and talk about a certain someone who's still on the injured list. That's next, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Fourth of July, just around the corner. You know you're going to probably be grilling out. You're going to want a cocktail in your hand. My suggestion, head down to Argonaut Wine and Liquor in Denver. Westward has named it the best liquor store in the city. Five years running. And if you live in the Denver metro area and you don't live close, no problem. They will deliver. And I'm guessing if you want them to deliver, they're going to probably put in a pretty big order. So any order over 100 bucks, it is going to be free. With that, I want to bring in a good friend of mine, Josh Robinson, marketing director of Argonaut Wine and Liquor. How are you, my friend? Hey, Eric. Doing good. How about you? So how are we going to booze people up for the holiday? What kind of specials do you have going on? Yeah, we have a great sale going on from Monday the 27th through Thursday the 30th. So all tequila and vodka are going to be 15% off. Um, domestic wine is going to be 20% off. We've got, uh, obviously, like you said, the free delivery over uh, 100 bucks, And we've got uh, 99 suitcases for Coors Light. So definitely a bunch of good things for uh, America's birthday. Put uh, the, the Bud and Coors suitcases into perspective. It's eighteen ninety nine. What do you usually charge? Those, you know, depending on where we're at, anywhere from twenty one ninety nine to to nineteen ninety nine. But this is the this we've got in a while for sure. So you got a really nice deal going on. Now I know that you like to host, you know, different tastings. Do you have anything coming up? Uh, we do. On July 8th, actually, we're doing a cool tasting with Mythology. So their oh. uh, Forager's Gin is a really cool collaboration between them and the Denver Botanic Gardens. So the, all the uh, botanicals from the gin are from the Botanical Gardens. So a par- portion of the proceeds go back to that. So they'll be tasting that as well as their best friend bourbon and a couple other uh, excuses from them as well. I'm embarrassed to say I've been in your store too many times to count. Besides liquor, you have some really fun snacks that you sell, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. We have a full, um, you know, grocery aisle. We've got, you know, everything you need from for a party, including liquor, right? So yep. uh, chips, uh, snacks, beef jerky, you know, all of that stuff we, we make sure we have. So we're your one-stop shop for uh, your 4th of July party. When I was in there today, you were setting something up. Tell everybody what you were setting up and why. Definitely. We, we do uh, rare risky releases um, periodically every once in a while. So what I was setting up when you were there was a, 
a table of just rare allocated whiskeys, things you can't normally find. And uh, we limit those one per customer. So we spread them out as much as possible. And, you know, I like to share all the good stuff with all, uh, all my customers. So um, we, we release a ton of rare whiskeys all the time. So uh, Fridays are a great day to check. Wednesdays are a great day to check. And um, check out our socials on Facebook and Instagram, our Whiskey Wednesday um, videos. They'll uh, give you more information. One thing I really like about your website is it's really easy to order online. Why do you, Tell me about the process and how easy it is, it, obviously, if, if you're going to be delivering, because that's the way to do it. Absolutely, yeah. It's super easy. You just basically create an account. Um, it's just a couple pieces of information, name, phone number, address, things like that. Um, and then search the website for whatever you're looking for, put it together in a cart, and we'll get it delivered to you. So a lot of great specials going on heading into the 4th of July weekend. You're going to want to order from Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Their customer service is fantastic. They have specialists who can help you get what you want. Forgive me if I am mispronouncing. Selmonier, is that how you pronounce it for a wine specialist? Absolutely. We have, uh, we have, I believe six or seven sommeliers on staff now, including myself. So um, whether it's, you know, beer, wine, spirits, we have some of the best people in the business who really know what they're talking about and can give you, you know, the perfect beer, wine, spirit for your party or whatever you got going on. Give me one thing that'd be, because a lot of people like to make burgers. Give me something that would be great to pair with a burger for, for when you decide to grill out on the holiday. Ooh, that's a great, great question. Burgers are awesome with uh, a good Syrah or a Shiraz from Australia. Big, jammy, uh, go well with the fat in the hamburger, um, as well as if you're outside, you might want something you can chill. So like a, a good Pinot Noir, a little bit lighter, but um, if you chill it down, it's still going to be great in the heat. And yeah, we've got all kinds of recommendations for you. You got to see why Westward is named Argonaut, the best liquor store in Denver, five years running. Order online, ArgonautLiquor.com. If you're a big party, again, don't forget they deliver. Deliveries over 100 bucks are free. If we don't see each other, happy holidays, my friend. You too. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. See you, Josh. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Rockies at Twins tonight, 6, 10 p.m. Mountain Time. Can't imagine many people around Colorado will be tuned into that one. But why not? They are playing. Uh, well, I... I imagine people are busy. It's a Friday night. People have yeah. plans. <laughs> oh, okay. Herman uh, Marquez on the mound for the Rockies. Dylan Bundy for the Twins. Colorado's coming off being swept by the Marlins in Miami, but credit to Brendan Rodgers uh, for the four-hit game he had yesterday. Two doubles. He was a home run shy of the cycle. Now, on a more negative note, unfortunately, Chris Bryant still on the injured list. He has only played in 17 of 70 Rockies games this season. Is it time to call the signing of the 30-year-old 2016 MVP a mistake? 100% serious. The answer is no because they signed him for seven years. Seven years and $182 million. They can't, pragmatically, they can't say it's a mistake. It's a mistake if he has a career in Colorado 
like Todd Helton did after he signed his big contract. That was a mistake because he his career fell off the table like a bowling ball because he was injured so much. So I agree with you, Terry. It's way too early to say that it is a mistake. That was uh, Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. Uh, listen, if you want to work with the sales staff, they can help you get what you want. You need to go there, the big box stores. You have some kid who just graduated college. And when you make a purchase like that, you want to work with somebody who can get you what you want. It's an important investment. Work with people who can get you what you want, whether you want to up, 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 totally upgrade your kitchen or you want something to fit your budget. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville. Littleton, you can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, we're not going to be on the air to potentially a Game 7. So we're going to take Games 5 and 6 and throw them in a hat and say, if the Avalanche do win, who do you think will win the Con Smythe? Because i got to tell you something, Terry. This is up for grabs, and could tonight be the night that actually decides the Con Smythe? We'll talk about it next. Everything that you bring to get a parking violation and a maggot on your sleeve, so shave your face. 